You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. seems like every time we meet, it's just getting better and better. You know, saints, I, I'm, accepting, I'm expecting to see miracles and signs just happen while we're worshiping God. I don't have to preach on all kind of faith. I don't have to give all kind of instructions. Instructions one, two, and three, how to receive, how to receive healing. If you get in the presence of God, you can receive healing. All my young people are leaving me. Isn't that a fine group of young people? Amen. All worshiping and serving God. Yeah, you've stepped out of that class, haven't you? The both of you. Now you're in Pastor Hurd's class. Boy, am I going to preach to you today. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. God is good. Thank you, worship team. We're still continuing on following the pattern. Are you enjoying this 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 pat this teaching this passage? Can you say Amen? Following the pattern, I want you to turn. Once again, we welcome. Oh, before I say that, we have uh, Psalm. We have these um, Psalm ninety-one prayers. If if you if you lost it or you want to would like to have it. During all this crazy episode. And the, another thought came to me, and I don't, I'm not saying this is from the Lord, but you know, if, uh, if we would, if we would, and I, I find myself guilty, if we would talk about Jesus as much as we do COVID-19, we couldn't stand in the power of God when we got here. Can you say amen? Praise God. And uh, it's like someone said, yes, did you have something to say? Okay, yes. Um, if, uh, I, I forget what I was going to say now. Yes, if we, were, if we would just continue to talk about Jesus, you know, um, we, would, we would see the miracle work. I, I, I just believe that we're going to continue to see. I'm looking for the day when we... Um, we're going to see people just fall out under the power of God. I've experienced that. The church that I grew up in, Thomas and Son of the God, I can remember, uh, and you heard me say this over and over again, people just falling out in the power of God while we were worshiping. I'm expecting that. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. And, and another thing, it, is, it, it, isn't, it isn't the emotional part that, that we feel. We get, we, we get the emotional part is our expression. But we feel the t- touch of the Holy Spirit and, and express ourselves emotionally. The emotional part of it isn't, isn't the part that, that's, that's anointed. Okay? The worship is anointed because it's coming from us to us. So it is emotional. Okay? So you don't just get, you know, you can have all kinds of emotion and no power. We can come here and stomp and jump and holler and scream and there'll be not one bit of power in it. But when we begin to worship and praise God, 
our emotions mingle with his presence and his power. Can you say amen? And produces a, 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 a great, a great massive anointing of the Holy Spirit. And in that anointing, God works. You see, our praise releases his anointing. Some people say, well, you're emotional. I'm guilty. We are emotional. We're emotional people anyway. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. And the more emotion in worship, the better I like it. Well, God is good. How many of you like to come here dead and dried service and get out in an hour? No. Oh, someone, I just heard someone. Been there and done that. Oh, amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, if you'll turn to Luke 24, 44, and 45, we're talking about following the pattern in the book of Acts. We're going back to the book of Acts, and we're following the pattern. How did the early church do it? I think we're, I think we're really following close. We're getting close. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. Now, uh, we talked about last week uh, the commandments. Uh, at, uh, hold hold uh, uh, at Luke 24, 44, and 45. And I'm just going to refer to Acts 1, 2. After he, through the Holy speaking of Jesus, he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the uh, apostles whom he had chosen. Now, we talked about that last week. We talked about commandment number one, that the death, burial, and resurrection uh, should be preached. Commandment, uh, commandment number two, repentance, remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And then commandment number three, we said, uh, you are witnesses of these things. And uh, I want you to turn in that light. I want you to turn to Luke 24, or, or just... Uh, let me turn to it, and you just keep it, okay? And uh, uh, Luke 24, 44, and 45, and it says here, and he opened their understanding. This is after his resurrection. Um, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures or understand the Scriptures. Uh, 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 let me go up to the 44th, like I said. Okay, then he said to them, these are the th words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Now, we covered all of that. I'm not going to get into that. Psalm, I mean, uh, verse 45, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And uh, what things did he open their understanding to? Well, we, we talked about last week, he opened up their understanding to write doctrine. Okay, number two, and we covered that. Number two, he opened up their understanding to right power. It's imperative to be connected to the right power. Amen. And I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, then number three, that's where we stop. And it said he opened up their understanding to the right attitude. You can have right doctrine and a rotten attitude. You can have power and a rotten attitude. And nothing will be, nothing will happen. You will, you'll drive people away. When you have a, uh, you have the power and you feel the anointing and you don't have the proper attitude, then you become exalted. And you think, well, we're the only one that's got it. And, uh, that's not what Jesus even was referring to. But if we are connected to the right power through obeying the right doctrine, we will have developed in us 
if we yield to his power, the right attitude. Say amen. Uh, David prayed this in his psalm of repentance. Psalms, Psalm 51.10. Uh, create in me a clean heart, he said. Psalm 51.10. And renew a right spirit or a right attitude within me. It's imperative that we maintain a right attitude. The more knowledge we get and the closer we get and the more in-depth we get into the move of God, we need to maintain a right attitude or we'll lose it. And dear God, we have come too far, done too much to lose this presence of God that we're feeling. Can you say amen? Those of you that have been here a while know what I'm talking about. Okay? Only the Spirit can produce the right attitude in us. Galatians, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. In the manifestation of the move of God in a congregation or among, among people, the fruit of the Spirit must be evidenced. Without the manifestation of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, okay, uh, we are as a sounding brass and a tinkling singer, with just a gong. How many after a while you hear a gong? Cymbals are good, but if all they did up here on Sunday is just get up there and beat those cymbals, it'd get tiresome after a while. And so without the fruit of the Spirit manifested in our lives while we are operating in the gifts and operating in worship, can you say amen? Then we are, all we are is gongs and making a lot of noise. But I want to tell you something. When the fruit of the Spirit is being manifest in our lives, in and outside of church, the worship that we produce, uh, the worship that we exert, or the worship that we put forth, produces power and produces results. People are following and, and will follow us when they see our worship change us. If we go out here, and I'm going to say it, if we go out of here uh, on Monday and Tuesday, go out of here and act like hell, then we're manifesting the fruits of hell. If we have a rotten disposition at work, and uh, we are uh, uh, touchy, and we're quick, then we're manifesting the fruits of the Antichrist spirit. We're pro I'm serious, we're propagating. What is this supposed to do to us? It's supposed to change us and create an attitude in us that draws people. Jesus, okay, uh, is the, 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 uh, uh, manifestation of the fruits of the Spirit because the Spirit of God rested in Him. Can you say Amen? And, uh, so therefore, uh, He manifested. You know, when He would go away and He would get tired and He'd go into a mountain. And he would, uh, 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 you know, want to rest. And sometimes he would just want to get with the disciples. And then all of a sudden he looked up. And here come the crowd. And, and Jesus said, oh dear God, here they come again. What results would he have had among the people? That's the Sadducees and Pharisees attitude. What did the Bible say? He looked on the crowd, even in his tiredness. He looked on the crowd, even in his tiredness, 
and had compassion on them. Because as he looked at them, he said he was thinking they are sheep without a shepherd. The religion of that day wasn't leading them anywhere. But they followed Christ because of the love and compassion that he had. Galatians 5, this is the fruit of the Spirit that should be manifested in us as Spirit-filled Christians, as tongue talkers. It's wonderful to talk in tongues, but if that all it does, just talk in tongues, what good is it? Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and we should talk in tongues. I'm not against it, okay? But the fruit of the Spirit is what love. You got it? Galatians 5. We should underline this in our Bibles or somehow, however you can do it on your devices, you should get it underlined, bold in it, or do something with it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Who likes to be around a sad sack? I got the Holy Ghost. I'm so happy in Jesus. Oh, woe is me. You know, we take E your attitude. I don't know, but something bad's going to happen. Every time someone sees you, well, it's dark, it's going to rain. My rheumatism's going to bother me today. Thank God for filling me with the Holy Ghost. And the guy that's looking, if he's not saved, he says, Honey, you better go down to the store somewhere and get something to fill you up because it sure ain't the Holy Ghost that's filling you up. Oh, that you're going to get. That's making you happy. Can you say amen? But the fruit of the, uh, is the love, compassion on people. Don't be so quick to criticize people. Especially if they come into church and they don't look just like you do, smell just like you do, act just like you do. And then there are people that come among us that get saved and they have habits that they're fighting with. Don't jump on them. Well, when I got the Holy Ghost, I didn't get, I didn't get that. All my habits went away. Well, you lost one. You haven't lost one habit, honey. long-suffering. That means to suffer long. That doesn't mean affliction. That means patience. Kindness. Goodness. Just be good. Faithfulness. Honey, if you're a Christian, be faithful. Be faithful in, in your praying. Be faithful in your church attendance. Be faithful in your tying. Be faithful in everything you do. Be faithful on the job. Don't go around grumbling all the time. Gentleness. Always flying off the handle. Impatience. Oh, God, help me. And it says, against such, there is no law. In other words, there's no regulation to how much you love. There's no regulation of how gentle you are to be. There's no regulation on the fruit of the Spirit. The more you activate it, the more it grows. The better it gets. And then it's spilled off on everybody else. 
How many, if you, how, if you like apples, like to bite into a good, crisp apple? Mm. Well, that's exactly the way we should be. We should be shiny. We should be crisp, and I don't mean curt. And we want, people just want to hang around us. Have you got, have you known people that you just love to hang around? They're full of fun. They laugh. They know the joy. They're kind to you. If you do something wrong, they're not jumping down your throat. Some of you parents should learn this with some of your kids. Ooh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And some of you kids should learn how to approach your parents. Oh, have I, did I get that in good? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I know that was from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So therefore, we must allow the Holy Spirit to mold and shape us. That's why I'm going to wear that prophecy out. Uh, um, yeah, whatever your name is. Okay. I'm going to wear that prophecy out, Charlie. I'm going to wear it out. Amen. If we position and continually position ourselves in the presence of God, that's why it's necessary to have a daily time with God. Even if it's 15 minutes, find some time. You say, well, pastor, I haven't got time. Well, don't spend so much time on the Facebook. Just think, just think, if you spend all that time with God that you spend on Facebook, wouldn't it be wonderful? Just think of the anointing and the discernment and the gifts of spirit that would be operating in your life. Wow! You'd be the talk of the town. I won't go any farther on that one. Therefore, we must allow the Holy Spirit to mold and shape us into the right attitude. Because if we don't have the right attitude, everything else we do for Jesus is null and void. We can lead someone to Jesus Christ and next week we can drive them away by our attitude. You know what they said about the early church? They remarked at the fact of how they loved one another. And this is what we try to implement here at CLP. I don't want a cra- don't I don't want an usher that's crabby. I'm telling you if a person comes in the door and does the wrong thing, don't jump down their throat. Just redirect them. I had a cousin We was working hard to get her into church. We finally got her into church. She had a little boy, and the little boy was restless. That's to say the least. And, no, he he was little. He was little. And the little boy, he started crying. It was right in the middle of, I don't know what to do. And the kid started crying, and she was doing everything she could 
okay? And she didn't know what to do. She was new. She didn't know what to take the baby and take him out because she was afraid of that and have him crying all out the door. So she's trying to all, trying to comfort him and everything else. And, and I don't, they didn't have a nursery, I guess. And, uh, so an usher came up to me, got to that. An usher came up to my cousin and said, will you take that child out? He is disturbing the whole service. She looked at him, because you're going to know my cousin. She said, sir, yes, I will take him out. And let me tell you something else. I won't be back. She did take him out. And my cousin ended up committing suicide. Tolerate. That's why we don't get all excited about here. If someone, if, if we're worshiping and everything else, and there's a kid run over here, uh, 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 moving around and everything else, okay? We don't get too excited because if I say this, if your mind is on the Lord worshiping God, and with much, the much noise we make here, we wouldn't know where that kid's running and on. And you know what? I find that most children, once they get used to what we're doing, you'll begin to see them conform and that corral more and more. Why do we not shove the kids off here uh, uh, to uh, to um, Critter Junction on Sunday morning? I want those kids in worship. I want those kids, those children in worship, feeling the presence of God. I want those children seeing mom or dad worshiping God. I want them to hear tongues. I want them to hear prophecies. I want them to hear, to feel the presence and power of God. Can you say amen? They are children. They are people who are going to grow up and shovel them off. They don't get the, 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 the essence of the moving of God. And you know what? Pretty soon, you're beginning to watch. My wife saw one little girl here the other day, had the flags, and she, she was watching Vicky, and she was, and she was going like this, what Vicky was doing with the flags, and she was dancing, and she was going like this, and I like that kind of mimicking. Because one of these days, she may be on the platform. Can you say amen? All right. Okay. So, uh, then, then we will truly become witnesses unto Jesus. Acts 1.8. Included in Jesus' commandment was the Great Commission. Okay? Now, hey, now, those kids, did that, did that bother you that much? Okay. Good. Okay. Jesus established his identity and authority. Now, we don't allow children to run wild, so don't, don't get too worried. Those of you that are here, okay. Anyway, I'll get off on that. Okay, that's another bunny trail. Praise the Lord. Je- uh, Jesus established his identity, first of all. Uh, Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Let's turn to that. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. How many knew that? I didn't say the first book of the Bible. (laughs) 
18 to 20. Now, this is just after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in, on earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples or teach disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. All right. So Jesus here establishes his authority. After his resurrection, the first thing he does, okay, in the Great Commission is establish who he is. He is the resurrected Savior. He is God in Christ. Can you say amen? amen. All right. And so uh, Acts 1, 3. Uh, wait a minute. Let me let me get to this. It says, uh, and Jesus came, Acts to Matthew 20 and 18. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. In other words, why did Jesus do that? He prefaced what he said and he prefaced his great commandment to let them know who he was. And what he was about to say, they needed to follow. That his commandments were real and his commandments were true. Can you say amen? All right? And so he's established his authority. Now, this is how we establish his authority. And this is valid proofs of Jesus' authority and his resurrection. Acts 1-3 says he presented himself alive after his suffering. When Jesus rose from the dead, he became very public. Okay? All right. Uh, he, and so he established himself after his suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the cross by infallible, unmistakable proofs. Number one, being seen by them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom. He was establishing his resurrection and the, the, the uh, authenticity of his resurrection. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Then, two, he showed himself to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. And Matthew 28, 1 through 9. I'm not going to get anything. You can just write it down. The, he showed himself to the two disciples on the way to Emmaus in Luke 24, 15. Showed himself to Simon Peter in Luke 24, 34. Uh, five, the ten apostles, Tom, Tom, uh, Thomas being absent in Luke 24, 36. And... Um, And, and the six, the, the uh, eleven disciples, Thomas being present on John twenty twenty six in John twenty twenty six, and then about five hundred brethren at once in First Community, uh, First Corinthians uh, fifteen seven. That was uh, Paul testifying to that. And when Jesus led them out to Bethany at his ascension, they all the twelve saw him. Uh, the twelve saw him go up. Okay, so he established first of all his authority. In other words, listen to me. I was dead. I'm alive. Here's the proof. They didn't roll the stone back and carry my body away somewhere. I came and re-entered the body and here I am. I have immortality and you will have immortality too. When you are raised from the dead and are resurrected, you will put on this body will be put on, this body will put on immortality. Our bodies are the only thing right now that have not been redeemed. Now, because our spirit and soul has been redeemed, then our spirit controls our body. So when we are walking with Christ, when we are walking in the spirit, then our body will do our functions 
and our mind will do what the Spirit teaches us to do. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. That, that's going to take a, that takes another whole teaching. But anyway, Jesus was immortal. He was God in the flesh. Now, I want to tell you something. When he was here, he was, he was, he was both man and God. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was God Almighty. And that's who you're going to see sitting on the throne. Can you say amen? But he made his identity here. He even ate. He did all these things to let them know. He says, handle me, see. Can you say amen? And after establishing his identity, he commanded them to make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in his name. All right. I'm going to read this again. Matthew 28, 8, 19. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name. Am- Amplified says into the name. The name is singular there of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He then said to his disciples, Matthew 28, 20, teaching them. That's talking about the new disciples to observe, obey, abide by all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even unto the end of the age. So the first thing he did in the, in, in the Great Commission in Matthew 20, 19, he established his authority. And then he commanded him, you go teach. All right. Now, let's go to uh, um, uh, the Great Commission mentioned in Matthew 16, 20. Okay, I've got, um, just give me a few, um, let's see, 20 minutes. How many will give me 20 minutes? Now, I'll close this thing up, okay? All right, 20, Mark uh, 20, 16, Mark, I want Mark. The Great Commission in Mark. All right, I know where I'm going. Who told me Matthew. Don't get me all confused. I'm confused enough. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. All right. Okay. Jesus commanded to preach the gospel to every creature. Matthew 16, 15 and 16. I mean, Mark. See, you got me confused. It's all your fault. (laughs) Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, Going into all the world, publish openly the gospel to every creature, the whole human race. And he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Uh, from the, uh, and then I put the Amplified says, from the penalty of eternal death. Jesus gave the disciples the promise of signs following in Mark 16, that preaching. First of all, he told them to go teach. And then he said, there's going to be signs and wonders. That's why we can expect signs and wonders now. We're talking about following the pattern. So what happened? If we preach the gospel, we are to expect signs and wonders. And if a church isn't having signs and wonders, and if church isn't having healings, and people aren't getting saved and everything else, we need to go back to the pattern and find out why. And he said, and this is his promise in his commission, and these signs shall follow those who believe. Those of you that are sitting in this pew, these pews or these chairs today, that have the baptism of the Holy Ghost can expect signs to follow your ministry. It's not only to ordain ministers or to prophets or to evangelists, it's to whosoever 
shall call on the name of the Lord. And if he fills you with the Holy Ghost, Jesus didn't specify in, in uh, uh, Acts 1.8, he said to his disciples, but he didn't specifically specify that it was just, okay, the apostles that were going to uh, receive this gift and then it was going to cease. He did not specify that. He not said that. He did not say any time, anywhere in the scriptures can you find that miracles and signs and wonders have ceased. You can't find it in scripture where tongues have ceased. You can't stand, you can't find it in scripture where worship and praise and, and worshiping the Lord excitedly and with emotion has ceased. In fact, the book of Acts never closed. I think it's the only book in the Bible to my recollection that doesn't have an amen on the end of it. Every other book has a benediction, but the book of Acts. The book of Acts continues and will continue. That's the early church. That's the pattern of the church. We should come to church expecting to see people healed, to see people filled with the Holy Ghost, to see the move of the Holy Spirit. And it is emotional. My God, get over the fact that it can't be emotional. We get emotional at football games. We get emo- I mean, some people even close down church on the, on January or February when they have the big display of football. Now don't shout me down. Now, all of us, all the guys that want to goes to, goes to that and we have a great time. We're not against any of that stuff. But honey, I want to tell you something. We should be just as excited about being in church, worshiping God, and shouting before God, and seeing the things of God happen. There's a world that's going into eternal hell. they got to see something that's going to turn their heads. Well, it's true anyhow. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. That's your prerogative. That's your privilege. They will speak with new tongues. And I tell my people, speak in tongues every single day. Tongues is like a a diamond. It's, It's multifaceted. There's many facets in the avenue of speaking with other tongues. There's tongues of prayer, tongues of authority. Can you say amen? You name it, it can happen while you speak in tongues. It's a weapon that God has given us. When you can don't know how to pray in English over a situation, you just begin to speak in tongues and you find out how the atmosphere changes. If it's of the devil, why aren't they speaking in tongues in bars? And these signs shall follow them who believe. You can tell I believe in speaking in tongues. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with no tongues. Now they will take up serpents. Now that doesn't mean we play with serpents. Now there is. And, and I don't know where people get the idea that pen, all Pentecostal people play around with serpents. I don't know when. They must have just dug their heads out of some hole somewhere. And just arrived on this planet. All Pentecostals don't play with serpents. Let me tell you something. This Pentecostal doesn't. (laughs) And if I had to prove my spirituality, I would die and go to an eternal hell without God before I'd pick up a snake. 
But if it should happen that you get bit by a serpent or anything in that category, healing is your portion. They'll drink any deadly thing and it will not hurt, hurt them. It's the, the same thing stands as with taking up serpents. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So expect it. When you lay hands on someone, and if they don't get healed, don't crawl into a corner somewhere and wonder why it doesn't happen. Go back to God and say, God, where did I miss it? You said in your word that if I would lay hands on the sick, they'd be recovered. And don't give up until it happens. You may have to go through 12 people, and on the 13th try, God heals, and then he will set you on your way. Don't ask me why it sometimes happens that way, but it does. Sometimes it happens the first time you do it. I can't remember the gentleman, the minister, I can't remember his name. And he read this in the scripture. He's, he's a, a, a pretty well-known man. I can't remember his name. And uh, he, he said, okay, God. He said, you said it in your word. And he said, I would go and I'd pray for the sick. Nothing happened. He'd go back to the Word and he said, God, you said in your Word, if I prayed, laid hands on the sick, they'd recover. He'd pray for him. Nothing happened. He said, told God, he said, I'm going to continue to pray because it's your Word. And your Word does not lie. And he said, I'm an ordained minister. I'm filled with the Spirit. And he said, you told me I could lay hands on the sick and they would, ha- they would, they would, they would recover. And you know what? Uh, probably about the 10th or 12th time he did that. He went to a service, laid hands on the sick. Every one of them got healed. And he's been in the healing ministry ever since. He may be dead and gone now, but, but uh, uh, up until he passed away. And I wish I could remember his name, but I can't. Okay. Now, the Great Commission, I got 10 minutes. The Great Commission in Luke 24, 47, and 49. Luke's account, now I want you to get this. Luke's account of the Great Commission. Now remember, in teaching this, we said that Luke wrote the book of Acts. So, Luke and Acts are linked together. As I said before, Luke, the book of Luke, tells of Jesus uh, works before he ascended and before Pentecost and the book of Acts tells us, okay, uh, the book, the acts of the church and, and the Holy Spirit after Jesus' ascension. But I want to tell you here, Luke's account of the Great Commission clarifies and brings into clear perspective Jesus' commands to his, to his disciples. Now these, these, all these, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, okay, are all accounts of the same command and the same great commission. But Luke goes a little farther and explains it a little better. Let's look, let's look at it here in Luke. We probably won't be able to get to finish it here, but I'm going to try and start it. Okay, Luke 24. Okay, 44 to 49. It says, then he said to them, now this is the great commission. The same commission 
that Jesus spoke of, or Matthew spoke of in his book, Matthew, and the same commission that Mark spoke of. And then said, he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, now here's the commandments. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the, uh, the dead the third day. And here it is, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now that's the great commission there. So, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. This message is to go to every nation on the planet earth. Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Then you'll find that command is fulfilled in Acts 2.38 when Peter uh, had the keys and he began to open up the church and he was preaching to Jewish people and preaching to a Jewish congregation. He said to them, they asked him, what shall we do? And you all know Acts 2.38. He said, repent. So we preach, uh, uh, Matthew preached and the Great Commission said, and Jesus commanded him that repentance and remission of, and, and repentance, uh, should be preached and be taught. Okay. The death, burial, and resurrection should be taught. Can you say amen to people? And so here it is. Peter is opening up the church at the command of Jesus. He's doing exactly. Isn't that what he said here in the 45th verse? And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. He didn't say stopping at Jerusalem. He said beginning. You start it here, boys, when you open the door to the church and to all the world, Peter, you preach what I've told you and do as I commanded. And Peter Obey the command of the Lord. And they said, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized you and baptize every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for remission of sins and ye shall receive the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit and for you and your children and to as many or to those that are far off and to as many as the Lord God shall call. So you see by this statement here, you find out that the commission, the commission and com- uh, uh, commission and commandment of Jesus Christ didn't stop at Jerusalem. When Peter opened the door on that day, he preached what Jesus told him to preach, and he said, "It doesn't stay here, boys." He says, "It goes to the Samaritans. It goes to the Gentiles. That's those who are far off." If you go and study the scriptures, every time the Jew mentioned the Gentiles, they talked about being far off. They were not in the commonwealth. They were not in the picture. And under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they weren't even in Peter's mind when he was preaching. But under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to turn to that. And he said, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, then Peter said, and repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin or cancellation of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise. 
What's the promise? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The plan of salvation. Can you say amen? Is to you, you Jews who are standing right here, he said. Okay? To you and to your children. And to all that are far off. That included the Gentiles. As many as the Lord our God will call. I want to ask you the question today. Have you been called? Did you respond to the call? Then I want to tell you, everything that Jesus commanded is yours. And you and I are commanded, even today, to still preach what Peter preached. That is for everybody. That everybody that needs to come to Jesus Christ. You repent, you're baptized, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And anyone that walks through these doors, Jew, Gentile, or whatever they are, needs the same message and can have the same message and can receive the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? And have your sins remitted by the authority and the power of the wonderful name of Jesus. We're following the pattern of things. We're following. We cannot let down. We cannot put it aside. We cannot change it. We can't think, we try to change it and make it more palatable. Honey, I'm going to tell you, it don't get any more palatable. It's either this way or it's not. If you want power, if you want the move of the Holy Spirit, if you want that activated in your life, you must follow the pattern. It's true. And when we begin to say, and we begin to say, this stopped, and this stopped, and that stopped, and that is not for today. We are altering the word of God. That's how serious it is. The people today need to hear the exact same thing that Peter preached. And that the Jewish people and the Jewish people received and 3,000 were baptized. The same message, the same gospel, the same moving in the Spirit. We can't quench it. There's a dying world out there. We cannot stop it. We cannot change it. We cannot alter it. We've got to preach the message as it was presented in the Word of God. And if we don't, we're doing people a disfavor. When we tell them they can't be healed today, we are lying to them. And when we tell them and it stops and only the apostles received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, well, what about the rest of the crowd that was in the, in the upper room? Amen. The Bible said that 120 was in the upper room and they all spake with tongues. We're living in a generation and i got to stop. And then he says in the 48th verse, and you are witnesses of these things. One who testifies the truth, he has experienced. Have you experienced it? You can. Pastor, you're dogmatic. You want to believe on this. I'm not changing the gospel. If it hurts, I'm sorry. If it offends, I'm sorry. There's only one gospel. And it's in the book. 
And when we start watering it down, we start watering the move of the Holy Spirit down, we start wa- and we try to get it all quiet and not emotional. Honey, we are doing the world a disfavor and we are sending them to an eternal hell without God. That's how serious it is, saints. God's given you a light. Position yourself. Get in the light. Get in the presence of God. You have a treasure, which is the light and the power of the Holy Ghost, in an earthen vessel. I can't do it. I need the light. And the candle of the Lord is the Holy Spirit in me. It's the same spirit that God breathed into Adam. And Adam became a living soul. I want to tell you something. When you get the power of the Holy Ghost, you become a living, live, active, powerful soul for the kingdom of God. You don't beat people over the head with it. I'm preaching under the anointing. But I want to tell you something. You go out, just activate it. Just let it flow through your body. Position yourselves in the presence of God. Get in the light. As he, I got singing a song. The old, an old song. Something about being the light. As he, no, I can't remember it now. The light shine all around me by day and by night. Jesus, the light of the world. I got to find that song and I got to have us do it, Dan. I know, but I got to have us do it. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Amen. How many have felt the spirit today? How many have been blessed? Take the light of Jesus to the world. Amen. And uh, dogmatically hold to the truth, but go out in love. Don't let anybody, anybody change you, but go forth in love and peace and joy and touch people's lives. You don't have to go out and preach to them, try to get them into the right doctrine. We need to have the right doctrine. They need to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. They'll get the doctrine when they get inside to learn how to live. have to have doctrine to know how to live. But you don't have to have doctrine to win them out there. You just activate the doctrine that you've learned. And people will follow what you are an example of. Can you say amen? And by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you can break down some of the most resistant people. Just love on them. And the best thing to do, if they got an affliction, heal them. Okay. All right. God is good. Let's all stand.